What if we took away all the lights? Hand all the music. What if we took away all the people? What if we took away all the social media platforms? What would your foundation be? What would you stand on? Jesus said that the mysteries of the kingdom of God were given for us to know, but they were given to them in parables. Everything that we believe and everything that we stand on is found in the foundation of these parables. Through parables, Jesus taught about love. Through parables, Jesus taught about mercy. Through parables, Jesus taught about forgiveness and the reconciliation of the world. He used parables to fight the religious leadership of his day. That is the move of God for this day, for this age. We are changing religious perspective. It is time that we get back to the basics. It's time that we get back to the understanding of the kingdom. It's time that we go back to the feet of the cross. We take these parables and we dissect these and we understand who it is that we're supposed to be in the kingdom so that we can go out and we can bring other people in so that Jesus can love them, so that Jesus can reveal himself to them, so that God will be glorified. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another installment in the Indeed and Truth Ministries podcast series. I am Logan. I'm Amber. I'm Brandon. I'm Jason. And we are here to continue the conversations about the parables that Jesus spoke, and we are excited about it. Everybody be excited. Yay! Yay! Yay. That was terrible. Um, So... We are maybe a little underprepared today, but the Bible says to be instant in season and to be out instant in season and out, man, I messed that all up. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, instant in season and out. So Amber, give us a rundown about how they can reach out to us and where they can get a hold of us and stuff like that. You can get a hold of us on Facebook, Instagram, and our uh, website and Eden and truth ministries.org. Yep. On the contact tab, they can click on that. That's the fastest way personally to get to us because it goes directly to the email and we see everything right then and there. Um, Jason, you got any super cool updates about nursing home ministry stuff? Uh, Not really any updates other than uh, I'm just grateful that God's opening doors that he's opening and leading the people in because just more and more people keep coming. And, you know, it's sometimes it's different faces. Sometimes it's uh, somebody that came for a bit and then came back later. I did. Did I tell you guys about the lady that scared me? So I asked her where her, um, her guy friend was that she's always with. And, uh, she said, well, I don't know. Maybe he's dead. And I looked at her and I said, huh? She says, I'm just kidding. But seriously, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, what in don't the you world? Think that's something we would want to know. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, maybe I not. thought so. Maybe but not. yeah, she, she was messing with me hardcore. She like kept it going for quite a while and I couldn't tell if she was done. Or if she was senile, which was kind of a fun thing for me, too. (laughs) How about you, Brandon? You got any super cool updates? No. Wow. (laughs) My life is pretty lax. Pretty lax, he says. Oh, my. As a pad, you know, one of these days there's going to be video footage of you two over there acting like a bunch of silly things. I am just a little bit. I'm a kid. I wish I didn't have to run everything. I wish I was able to sit over there and fiddle and mess around. I'm 40 years old and I'm a child. I cannot help it. I love it. We know. Okay. Um, So today we're going to look at the parable of the two sons. And it is found in Matthew 21, verses 28 through 32. 
And if one of you guys got it, you guys can go ahead and read it. Whoever wants to read it. Anybody? 28. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second son, second, and said likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. My phone's doing something stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Whether them twain then did the will of his father. Did they unto him the first? Or they say unto him the first. I'm so sorry, guys. Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and you believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him. And ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward, that ye might believe him. Okay, so now the conversation unravels. So who wants to open it up first? Okay, I'll start. So something I noted seriously that really got me thinking about this because he says that the publicans and the harlots will go into the kingdom of God before you. And so this is why before we started recording, I made the comment that God is constantly pressing and pulling on people's hearts. And so whenever we have a, we experience a true demonstration of the spirit to continue the way we were, I would imagine has to be a very hard thing to do. You know what I'm saying? It becomes deliberate then because God showed up and revealed himself to you. You can't deny the experience that took place, but yet you'll still turn around and run away from him. But it's those kinds of people that I have found that they generally turn around and come back versus those people who are usually um, amped up or consumed in pride. And they usually, you know, oh, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I just just had a conversation with somebody about this recently. And I said, you know, I said, I don't ever want you to take my willingness to go and do and defend you as as a way of me undercutting your authority or trying to push up, push past you. Because that's not that's not the case at all. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes I think we view pride that way and we see people that way. And, you know, like the son here, he says, oh, I'm going to go. And then he never went. You see what I'm saying? So I think I think even as ministers, as people in churches and entities and and people who work in the in the fields we talked about last week, having laborers in the field, they have met those people who say, hey, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go do this, I'll go do this, I'll go do this, I'll go do this. Or they'll start ministries or they'll start helps, they'll start this, they'll start this, they'll start this, and then they just abandon it. And they leave it for somebody else to figure out how they're doing it or what they did, or they get offended and they'll abandon it and leave it for somebody to figure out how to pick the pieces up from it. But Then you have those people like me. I'll get into arguments with pastor all the time. Like, man, I'm not doing that. Or I get an argument with pastors. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Or I get an argument with God. I'm not doing that. But then all of a sudden time passes, time passes. And then I realize something, how it usually happens is it's like a moment of illumination. (laughs) And all of a sudden, like I see the need that needs to be filled. I'm like, okay, I'll go do it. (laughs) You know, so, um, no, this, this one really kind of stuck out to me because I've been, on that side of the field that said, Oh, I'm not going to go do that. And then afterward conviction hits my heart and I'm like, okay, well, God, okay, I'll, I'll go do it. I need to go do this. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's something that really stuck out to me because, uh, you know, publicans and harlots, especially in their day and age, people knew who these people were, 
you know, harlots like clothing was a way to mark people in their society. You know what I'm saying? Blind people had certain clothes. Deaf people had certain clothes. If they were leprous and they were out in the wilderness, you knew that they weren't supposed to be among society because they weren't allowed around people. They were considered to be unclean. So like, you know, there's all these different kinds of people and different ways that we mark them. So it's like people understood who they were. People knew who the publicans were. They knew who the harlots were. And Jesus says, hey, they're going to get into the kingdom before you. Why? Because their sin was exposed. You know, I really think that if we would just accept. Yes, we sin from time to time. And yes, we find ourselves in sin. And that's why Paul told us we have an advocate in Christ that is constantly making intercession. And we can come and we can we can approach the Bible says we can approach the throne room of grace boldly. And so we can come in and say, God, would you forgive me? Help me get rid of this. You know what I'm saying? I've really had to steer away from, you know, especially things I found myself constantly repeating. I've really had to steer away from, oh, Lord, I just repent. I'll never do this again. Because the reality is in the right circumstances, I will do it again. And everybody in this room will do it again. So now I'm like, okay, God, something got messed up. And, uh, and so now I got to do something different. You know, I need you to show me what to do now. You know what I'm saying? I need you to help me get out of this. I need you to help me work through this process. I need you to, what do I got to cut off? What do I got of this? What do I got of this? And so I don't know. That's kind of what I saw in this. I saw people who have a soft heart towards God or even people who are, uh, you know, we want to honor those, uh, especially like, our, you know, our, our spiritual power, you know, our, our spiritual leadership and stuff like that. We want to honor them and we want to do things for them and we want God to be pleased with us. Um, but you know, sometimes we're asked to do things and we're like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. So anyways, that's just, you know, I got some more stuff on that, but it's just, that's just some stuff, you know, cause like I had some examples about, um, Mary Magdalene, Zacchaeus, uh, you know, um, these, again, these people were just, they were known, you know what I mean? Um, and actually real quick for Zacchaeus' story, you can find it in Luke 19, one through 10. And then Mary Magdalene, you can find it in uh, Mark 16, 9. And that was the account where they said that J Jesus had cast all those demons and stuff out of her. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I just, I don't know. That's, that's just, that's my take. What do you guys think? I like that you took pride as the angle on that. I think it makes a lot of sense because the young man, well, we, I assume that it's the younger of the two brothers, right? I'm not too sure. It, it doesn't it just really says say one or the other, but to me, I'm always imagining it being the younger son, but it, it seemed to me out of his pride, he was saying that, you know, I'll go, you know, look at me, I'm going dad. And then all of a sudden he just ups and disappears. But I think pride is where that comes from. And I think that's pride came or pride's where the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the, the men of renown back then, that's where they were. They were stuck in that pride. They were, they were, boastful of the fact that they were in the public or the, not the public seats, but the, the higher seats in the marketplace and they wore the long robes. They were excited to be that person and doing so now, if they have to acknowledge that John was right, or, you know, heaven forbid, if John's right, Jesus is right. They have to acknowledge that. Then they lose their status. They lose their position. So pride was absolutely at fault for both, both examples here. No, and I just suggested pride in that because why else would you, why else would you say I'll go do it and then not go do it? You know what I mean? Like, that's the only reason I could think of, you know, don't get me wrong. Like I've had my bouts with pride, um, you know, especially being a musician and stuff like that. And, you know, even like, even just the other day, um, you know, we went for the kids' open house and I, I didn't even know who this guy was. And he just looks at me, he goes, he is like, he knew who I was. He couldn't remember my name, but he knew exactly who I was. He's like, Hey, he tells me you're a good musician. And immediately I just felt it. 
You know what I'm saying? He's like, yeah, I've been playing for 23 years now. And he's like, wow. He's like, yeah. And so Ashton's like, yeah, I've been showing him your music. And, you know, he really likes your music. And he's like a real big fan of you and stuff like that. And so I had absolutely no idea. But I felt that sensation of pride for a quick moment. Um, and it, And it's, I don't know, in a weird way, it's kind of like, again, coming back to this. Oh, hey, I'll go do it. I'll go do it. I'll go do it. I'll go do it. But. I don't ever like for me personally, I don't ever want that to be seen as, you know, I mean, I'm probably more willing to help somebody other than letting them help me. You know what I mean? Anybody who knows me knows that I'm, I'll go do anything you want me to do for you. But if it comes to me needing you for something, I won't say a word, you know, I just suffer in silence kind of thing. Um, and really, and that's even a prideful thing at the same time and not, not being able to admit that you need somebody else. Um, you, anyways, have, not, you yeah. have not because you asked not. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, Brandon, think about what I said before we started recording. <laughs> How about one of you guys, Amber, Brandon? What do you What do you guys? I think it's a revelation of the condition of the heart. <clears throat> it's repenting. So, repenting is to turn away from. I think oftentimes people say that they're going to go and do this, and they're going to get saved, but their heart's not in it, so they don't do it. But to appease everyone else around them, they're like, "Yeah, I'll go do this." But the true repentance comes when humility is exposed. And so when the sins are exposed and humility is brought, I think that there is a glimpse of the heart right there that, yeah, I need some work. And I think that that's where repentance sets in. And Jesus says, yeah, I can work with that. If you're willing to accept and be humble and expose those things and confess, I'll help you where you're at. So do you think that the publicans and the... And the harlots and stuff that he's referring to here. Do you think that that's something that probably took place there? Probably. I'm just curious. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause I mean, we read these stories and we never really, we always see it from Jesus's perspective or somebody looking at Jesus. We never think about the people that he was interacting with. And well, and, and, you know, I'm often reminded of the script in this situation. I'm reminded the scripture says, you know, uh, you speak these things of me, but your heart's far away from me. Yeah. He says, you honor me with your lips, but your heart's not. Exactly. Yeah. And so if your heart is not in it, there's nothing to work with right there because it's a circumcision of the heart that has to take place. And then once those things are exposed, I think that that's where change gradually starts to happen. And and that's why he says, these will be the first before you. And so it it's, He's showing them that, yeah, yeah, there needs to be a change that takes place. Don't just honor me with your words, but honor me with your heart and your actions and, and things of those nature. Well, we do know that the gifts of God are without repentance. So we also know that there are people who are going to meet the throne and they're not going to make it. And they cast out devils and demons. And, you know, they did all this stuff in his name. And he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Yeah. that was. And, and with that, um, you know, I just thinking about this, like some of these people. Uh, sorry, actually, I just got well, Amber. Did you have something that you wanted to say? OK, sorry. Well, I just like started. I like started talking. <laughs> but uh, anyways, no. So. Um, so we know that the, that the gifts of God are without repentance, but, you know, there's also going to be a judgment where we're going to be reward, you know, we get rewards based on things that we've worked and how we've built and stuff like that. And so do you think maybe that it's a possibility that you could still, you know, how many religious leadership of the, how much religious leadership of his day do you think after his death 
uh, and after seeing the way he died, do you, you know, these, I mean, there was all kinds of confession after the fact They're like, Oh yeah, that was the son of God. Like, what did we just do? So do you think any of those people could have repented or do you think that any of those people were come looking for his disciples afterwards and, and saying, Hey, you know, we need to know about him. We need to know what you guys taught, what he taught you. We want to know, we want to know and show us in the scripture and show it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying they did. I'm just trying to, you know, what if they did? And so what about today? You know, is there religious leadership today that stands up and says, hey, I'll go do it. But really, like you said, their heart's not in it. They're not really their heart's not in it for what God wants it to be in. And in some cases, they may even be in the wrong field in the first place, you know. Well, it goes back to what we said in the last podcast about how there was going to be so many people that want to be ahead and want to be ahead and want to be ahead, but they don't want to be the hand where they were called to be. So I believe, yes, there probably is a lot of pastors or preachers or maybe apostles or even um, prophets or self-proclaimed or and they go out and they do these things, but they're not really doing it with the heart that is supposed to be in it, like or without the calling that's supposed to be in it. So I think we desire an office over calling. Yeah. We desire an office over confirmation. And we also des I, I believe we also desire a um a name or a uh position over the anointing sometimes too. Yeah. So everything that we're talking about is the difference between pride and humility. So pride pride is what we've spoken about with all these guys that, you know, yeah, I'll go do it. And then they never do it, right? And we talk about humility in the fact that it takes a man to, uh, or even these, these harlots and publicans to say that they were wrong. And, you know, it goes into every facet of, of our, of our walk. If our, if we're not humble in ourselves, then our intent's going to be wrong. It's going to be unrighteous and unfruitful. And any fruit that it does bring is going to bring it an, an, a corrupt fruit in itself. So it doesn't matter what you actually go and do is if your intent is wrong to begin with, if you're getting called to go into something and you have no desire to be there, you don't even feel like you should be there. You're only going because, Hey, you got a name or you get a status or, uh, the fact that, you know, you want that, you know, that office or that calling above the anointing or, or anything that it takes to get there, then you're just doing it for pride. You know, there's a reference in the Bible that talks about the measure of faith. And I've been pondering this off and on over the last few years that I've heard it and it just popped in my head again. But, you know, you mentioned trying to have an office over top of the anointing instead of the anointing leading you into an office. And the reality is, is that some people don't have an office, but they think that they have an office. Therefore, they do that. But I just got thinking about the measure of faith. You know, there's a measure of anointing, I believe, that is upon everybody when salvation comes because there's evidence of a changed life. There's fruit that bears evidence of a trained life. Well, how does that get there? Because the anointing rushed over you. How'd that happen? Well, the Holy Ghost now lives in you. And according to Romans, witnesses with your spirit that you belong to the Father. So, you know, there's a measure that's been given, but how that develops and how much of that taps in and how much of that explodes and uses in your life is based on how much time you spend with it. How much time you spend in prayer, how much time you spend just letting God minister and talk to you and just being patient and just waiting on what he wants to do. You know, do you ever just take time? Like, and you said it really good. You said we're, we're really talking about two different things, humility and pride, because I see that in both of these sons. I see humility in one, 
you know, frustrated and aggravated. You know, I mean, I mean, Amber have this conversation all the time. Salvation does not eliminate your humanity. And God is not afraid of your humanity. He knows you're going to get aggravated. He knows that you're going to doubt him. He knows that you're going to throw things back in his face. He knows that you're going to take money in and you're going to be like, man, God, I know I said I wanted to do this with it. But you know, this thing over here arose and I want to go do this with it. And, you know, like he he knows you're going to do these things, but he still wants you. And he says, hey, just come back over here. We'll work on it. Hey, come back over here. We'll work on it. You know, and before you know it, 50 years has gone by before you finally learned how to trust God with your finances. You're like, God, why didn't I just do this sooner? I don't know, son. I don't know why you didn't do it sooner, you know. But, you know, if we don't exercise some of that stuff. So, again, humility. I'm thinking especially humility because repentance can't come until you acknowledge that there's a need for it in the first place. Right. And how does that happen? Sin's exposed. You know, the gifts working in the pulpit through the pastor. um, you know, those kinds of gifts, when those things start to happen, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, those are always very, you know, revelatory gifts. Those are always very heavy in a pastoral office, I found, and being able to teach on top of that. But, you know, those three gifts I see working and moving a lot, especially like with Pastor Phil, you know, and I've seen him have conversations with people that just like, how did you even know that? You know, I remember one time me and him was in the nursing home, actually, is when I first started going over there with him and we were just doing, I would do his music and he preached. And we went over there and he walked over beside this one lady and he just kind of looked at her and he just put his hand on her shoulder and he started to talk to her and her jaw dude about hit the floor. And she looked at me. She's like, how does he even know that? Bro, I don't know. He's just functioning in the anointing. And I'm talking, I'm telling you what, man, the guy would just look at somebody and he'd just start talking to him. And it was like, he knew right what to say and when to say it. But those kinds of things are obvious evidence that hey you know god showed up and god's trying to speak to you and he's trying to release it well it's coming through a man i can't trust men don't good don't trust men don't trust your heart don't trust any of this other weird crap that people want you look the heart is deceptive above all things and men with the wrong intentions will uh mislead and motivate you to do the wrong things right and i think it was last week we talked about a little bit about provoking each other to good works was that last week um I don't know, man. I just, that's, I'm with you. I see, I see all that. Um, so then I guess I got a big question for you guys. Um, how do we integrate that into ministry? How do we integrate this concept? You know, we're seeing two different people here and you, you pegged it, you know, you called it humility and pride. So let's just say that that's who this is. You know what I'm saying? So how as ministers and as people, in the church and as people who one day will answer a call and all how do we make sure that we're one before we're the other? So you, you want us to take account for ourselves instead of account for somebody else. I, I no. The, the only reason I say that is because I was anticipating the question to be, um, how do you combat that in somebody else Their speak to them on their pride or their humility? But the truth is, is no, we, we got to work on ourselves first, just like the moat and the beam. We got to make sure that we remain humble in all things that we do. And don't get me wrong. It, like you said, it can be easy to get strung up on a little bit of pride. Like, you know, you get, you get, uh, your horn tooted a few times and you think, okay, man, I'm, I'm doing all right. But the truth of the matter is, if you don't stay humble, you're going to lose that to begin with anyway. You know, and a good exercise is, uh, and I'm really bad at this, but an exercise that I have is um, I'm cautious about where praise comes from. So sometimes I get it from specific people and I just won't receive it. And I just kind of, you know, try to thank them, shut it down and move on. 
not because I don't like the people, but it's just because I just, I know what they're, you know, I don't, and, and maybe, maybe that maybe I'm just overlooking it. Maybe they are just being genuine, but it just doesn't seem genuine. And so I don't, I just like, no, you know what I'm saying? But like, you know, if one of you guys or if like Pastor Phil or if Amber come up to me, he's like, Hey, like I saw you did this or I saw this. I really appreciate that. You know, uh, would you mind doing this again, you know, later on or something like that? You know what I mean? Like those kinds of things I'm a little more receptive towards because, um, I don't know. I maybe, maybe it is because I know you guys better. I, I don't know. I'm just, but, um, that helps me a little bit. Um, but like I said, I just had that incident with that guy and I felt it stroke my ego a little bit like this. I don't even know who this dude is, but he likes my music and he likes that I play. And you know, he really likes my son and I'm just sitting there thinking like, oh, okay, let's shut this down real fast. You know, <laughs> Cause you right. know, like you said, it's easy. It's, it's really easy. I actually, um, my cousin got a hold of me and was trying to give me a, a praise report about her son. She just wanted me to know that how I've interacted in his life has really in increased and how he felt about me and the way she had put it, like, man, I was, I was feeling like, yeah, I'm on top of the world. Big old peacock, you know, fluffing my feathers out. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the, the thought come to me says, but why did you do it? And the truth is I didn't do it for me. I did it because these boys need to know how to navigate through this life so that they can trust God over mankind and over the world. You know, me and Amber, again, another conversation we have a lot is people are attracted to us, but they don't realize it's just the anointing they're attracted to. And the only reason they run after it as hard as they do is because they aren't exposing themselves to it and being familiar with it. So when they get around it, they're like, Ooh, you know, what's that? You know what I mean? And they're, and they're kind of coming after it. So Amber, you got anything to say? You've been I awfully quiet. Gonna, well, I had done a really big study on humility uh, a while back because I, um, I just really wanted to understand it at a new level because the Bible talks about how the humble and the meek they they inherit the world, and I, I so I asked God, you know, what is humility? And it's the bringing of yourself to a a, a mindset that is lower than what you're being spoken. So like, like you guys are saying, you know, um, somebody praising you and stuff. See, I, I guess I just, when people praise me, I, I don't really feel like, Oh yeah. You know, like on top of the world like that. Cause I'm just like, thanks. And I just kind of mosey on about my business. And it's not because I'm like ungrateful for their praise, but they don't understand that the only reason that I'm the way that I am. And I, the only reason that I do the things that I do is because I love God so much that I just want to bring forth the fruit that he has pulled from me. And I don't want to um, put myself in a position where I'm thinking, oh, wow, I really, I did that. No, right. it's not me that did that. It's Christ in me that did that. It had nothing to do with me because if it was me that did that, it wouldn't have been me. Yeah. What about you? What about me? <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I'm like, you talking like that. It made me, uh, it, it brought me back to what Jesus said. He goes, I only do what my father does and I only say what my father says. And so if we have a lifestyle like that, we cannot exclude the act or the, the practice, if I can say it that way, of humility, because humility brings growth and it brings us, uh, you know, on the, on the next level, so to speak. And so if we can keep the idea that it's not me who lives, because I, I, I carry my cross every day. It's not just Sundays. So, you know, it's, Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. That's the one that lives. It's And if we 
can have that mindset, I think it would make things easier, but it's uh, for some people, it's hard to get to that mindset because when you have, uh, you know, uh, temptation dangling in front of you, you know, whether it's pride or any of those others, you, you, I mean, it, it's, it's the flesh. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. I think too, though, you, especially for me, I have a fear of being prideful and that is like a huge fear for me. So, and it's caused some insecurity in some areas as well. And it's something I'm working on personally, but like when I'm dealing with something and I'm supposed to be in charge of something, I'm constantly texting everybody after that. And I'm like, did I step on any toes? Did I, did I do anything wrong? Did I say anything I shouldn't have said? Like, but I just want to make sure like I did not intentionally or unintentionally upset or hurt anybody. I, and that's, to me, that's a, a portion of humility because it's bringing myself to that standard of saying, Hey, I know that I didn't intentionally do this, but I'm trying to make sure that I didn't do this by accident. You know what I mean? Because of being in a place of, um, leadership in that area or, um, being put in a position where I'm above and when I don't want to be above, I want to be beneath, <laughs> but you know, like, it's just, it's a very confusing right. for, for me. It's confusing. I don't know. Well, I guess I'm so backwards. <laughs> I, I find it weird when people do like, Hey, thank you. Hey, I appreciate you doing this. Don't get me wrong. I love saying that to other people. I love being encouraging to them. I love like just stopping a random person and just letting them know that I appreciate and value everything that they do in this world. You know, I love that because it's great. It's great to encourage, but I can't accept it for myself because I don't want to fall into pride. I don't want somebody to continually come up to me and tell me those things because, you know, it's not me. My life isn't based on Jason. My life's based on what God's done in me. Hey, Jason. Yes, sir. I'm proud of you. And uh, I appreciate what you're doing. Oh, I don't. I wish you wouldn't have. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I do. I do appreciate it. I saw it, a peacock feather pop up there for a quick <laughs> second. <laughs> anyway, I do. No, but I seriously, I do appreciate when people do acknowledge it. But at the same time, it. it it's very, it's very hard to, to, um, to accept it as yourself because in accepting it, you take a chance of running into that pride. Now I do the work that I'm supposed to do because I feel it's necessary to do it. Like I'll, I'll, I'll do what I do at the church and those that know, know those that don't will never know, but I do what I do because it's important for me. It's important that somebody picks up the gap where it needs to be picked up. Because not everybody's going to see that piece of trash and pick it up and throw it away. Somebody's going to see it and walk right over it. Heard that. You know, yeah. and, and it happens often more, more often than you yeah. think, too. But the truth of the matter is, is that it's a necessity that I feel God's pulled me into. Now, if I ever felt like I didn't need to do it or if I need to step away, which I have before, then I watch as God moves in something and allows somebody else to learn and grow in the, in the same avenue that I was in. But let's be real. Pick up trash in the church, guys. It's not that hard. <laughs> yes. Come do on. not step it, like, over you, it. You're there. Your kids are there. You get to use the building. Your ties paying the bills. Look, just pick it up. It is just as much yours as it is the pastor's. Or it doesn't matter whose name's on the D. God, it is God's house. Just take care of it. That being said... I didn't get to hear some of that conversation because I wasn't in the room, but I trust that you guys carry the torch well. So let's, uh, I just want to give people an opportunity because, you know, the bulk of this conversation has been about being humble. And, uh, you know, sometimes we in disobedience get humbled. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we find, trust me, I remember one time 
I, uh, you know, was making a joke. I, I looked at the worship team and I was just making a joke. And I said, guys, I said, you guys will enjoy being the total package. And I just kind of sat there for a second and they all looked at me and there she's like, wow. You know, Pastor Gina's like, wow. And I was like, what? And I was like, I was like, you'll enjoy it. And uh, and and I looked down and my guitar strap was on upside down. And she looks at me, she's like, I've never seen God humble somebody so fast in my life. <laughs> I mean, I was just playing, but I mean, buddy, I'm telling you what, it was funny. They're like, what's going on, Total Package? <laughs> what are you doing over here? You know, but there is those moments that we really do feel like there's nothing between me. But always remember that God will raise somebody else up. You know, somebody else can go pick up trash. Now, I'm not saying that it's not any less of your responsibility, but I'm just saying if you flat out refuse to do it, you'll get offended at the next person who comes by and does it. Not just that, but there's you guys are talking about just picking up trash. Like sometimes people won't get involved in the church because they got a full time job and they've got kids and they're just tired and they don't want to work anymore. But, you know, the thing that comes to my mind when I think about that is. The Bible talks about how the kingdom is work. Like you have to, it is part of work. So to get involved in those things is working for God. Like just picking up a piece of trash off the floor at the church is working for God, whether you see it that way or not. So. So if you're listening today, you know, like I said, we had, we had a good conversation about this, but if you're listening to this today and you're not saved or you're backslidden or whatever the situation is, I want to give you an opportunity to get saved and for you to make Jesus Lord and savior of your life. You know, you can't honor uh, a savior that you have no relationship with. You can't honor a God that you don't know anything about. And so what I want you to do is I just want you to repeat this prayer with me. I just want you to say, father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you today and I repent of my sin. And I leave it at the altar and I ask for you to fill me with your spirit. And I ask for Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of my life. And that from this day forward, I will live for you. In Jesus name. Amen. And so I want you guys, please reach out and tell us. We don't want statistics. We just want to celebrate people. We want to be excited and we want to enjoy that with you. Um, so please, 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 if you are somebody who listens, just reach out. Just get a hold of us at our contact tab on the website or Facebook or Instagram. Uh, those are some of the faster ways to do it, but just reach out to us and let us know. And with that being said, um, Amber, do you want to, you want to pray us out? Heavenly Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for the word that was given today. We ask, Lord, that it wouldn't just fall on deaf ears, Lord, but that it would resonate and grow and produce fruit from it, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you would just continue to keep us humble and that you would just continue to teach us how to be humble and, and, and keep us in a position that we are continued to be teachable. And we just give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, reach back in next week, and we will have another episode. Take care and God bless you.